Uh, thank you, uh, Mr. Chairman, and thank you for your work on criminal justice reform as well as we try to work toward a productive uh, resolution of the challenges that we face here in America. I think uh, most would agree uh, that in a democracy, we just need a balance between effective law enforcement on the one hand and a healthy respect uh, for the Constitution, for civil rights and civil liberties on the other. Uh, and what people want in inner city communities like those I represent or as uh, Sheriff Clark would refer to it as the ghetto, what people want uh, is to make sure that the constitutional principle of equal protection under the law applies to everyone. And there's concern uh, that in certain instances that's not the case. The overwhelming majority of police officers are hardworking individuals who are there to protect and serve the community. That is my position. I believe that is the position of everyone who's genuinely interested in police reform. Uh, but we can't ignore the fact that we have a problem in some instances with the excessive use of police force and the fact that often it is the case when a police officer crosses the line they are not held accountable by the criminal justice system and that creates consequences in terms of uh, a distrust in many communities perhaps leading to the absence of cooperation Ladies and gentlemen, you have tuned in tonight to AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the world. And ladies and gentlemen, if you're wondering what that was at the beginning of this broadcast, uh, as welcome, welcoming you tonight to Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday, where we shine the light on Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, making a tremendous difference and tonight we uh, shine the light from AJC Radio as we emerge upon the steps of the nation's capital. Hang on to your seats. We're coming right back. Here we are, ladies and gentlemen, along with uh, myself being Lamont Hanks, uh, Lisa Stewart, and uh, Sam Thurman, uh, and Cliff Stewart. Uh, we appreciate uh, tonight as we get ready, Sam and Lisa, as we await the arrival of Mr. Stewart, uh, uh, as we uh, uh, get ready to shine the spotlight uh, on Capitol Hill. And we've noticed, Sam, uh, in the last weeks uh, on this program, uh, spotlight seems to be very, very important. I had the opportunity to speak with the communications director, uh, Michael Hardaway, for Congressman Jeffries. We have tried earnestly and tirelessly 
uh, to get the congressman on the program tonight. Uh, they have been swamped there on Capitol Hill, Sam, as you can imagine, as uh, the country stands at a crossroad uh, in regards to ISIS uh, and different major issues going on in this country. Uh, it's understandable that these folks are terribly, terribly busy. Absolutely. And, you know, earlier this week, the uh, president, President Obama, uh, spoke at the Pentagon and uh, was speaking about his strategy with regard to ISIS and uh, how our country is going to uh, engage in that fight. And so he laid out uh, some very specific uh, things as far as an approach. And so, as you can imagine, that uh, a lot of uh, partisan uh, jockeying for position uh, came as a result of that. So there's been some interesting things in the media uh, uh, after that uh, after that meeting at the Pentagon. You know, and, and uh, you know, a lot of folks are wondering, um, are wondering just how can this happen, and how can we bring um, how can we bring a little bit of uh, closure to a very traumatic situation in the United States. Uh, you know, we say all the time that America is under threat. Uh, the president says they're looking for strategic ways to do it. Sam, Lisa, uh, we have the answer to ISIS tonight uh, on this program, and that, that answer regards six men that have been wrongfully convicted, known as the IRP-6, who sit in federal prison tonight, wrongfully convicted, who hold the key to America's safety and to keeping the homeland safe. And uh, we'll recommend out to the president, to the members of Congress, as you tune into this program tonight, to understand there are six men. Gary Walker, David Banks, David Sopolo, Clinton Stewart, uh, Demetrius Harper, and Kendrick Barnes, who have worked tirelessly as patriots of America to bring an end to the threat of ISIS to the United States and around the world. And I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are on the, I believe, at the crossroad of decision, Sam, Lisa, uh, that decisions have to be made, and they have to be made quickly. There's no time for delay. As ISIS mobilizes in the Middle East, they mobilize and they get stronger, uh, and they are approaching the homeland, and some have already arrived. Uh, and these are things that we just have to take a look at, uh, Sam, as we, as we as American citizens lay down under the covers every night wondering, uh, when will ISIS show up at our, at our children's playgrounds? When will they show up outside of our schools and outside of our daycares uh, to send a message to America because they have no stopping sense. Uh, this is the urgency for the Silk software developed by the IRP-6 to be implemented, not yesterday, right now. Sam, your thoughts on that? Well, you know, the Silk software was presented to the Department of Homeland Security over 10 years ago. And so that's it's uh, not any, any new news as far as uh, to uh, the Department of Homeland Security that the capability is there. Because of the fact that uh, the executives of IRP Solutions, they were actually summoned to Washington, D.C. And uh, the Department of Homeland Security had heard early on that uh, IRP Solutions had developed this software and, and asked, hey, can you guys come and give us a, a, uh, a demo? And as our website shows and, and as the uh, IRP6 website, free the IRP6.org shows, that uh, prior to uh, IRP Solutions, uh, closing business with the federal government, uh, the atrocity of this uh, of this trumped up charges and and the raid occurred in February 2005, and you know uh, since then uh, the the situation in the in the in the country and in the world with regard to uh, intelligence with regard to terrorists counterintelligence uh, counterterrorism activities uh, no one has anything remotely close 
to what the case investigative lifecycle software, commonly known as the Silk software, no one has anything remotely uh, close to what uh, the software can do uh, that the IRP6 had developed. And, you know, as you look at the, the uh, Silk software, it has over 40 features, uh, which includes all the things that wow. a government agency would look for as far as it being secure, as far as it being adaptable. And the adaptability part of it is what's critical yeah. because it's not just a, you know, out of the box, here it is, you use what we give you. It's one of those things that you tell us how you do business and what you need need to do. The software is designed to be able to well, and, and I think the, function in that And the good point of that, Sam, is that that's why the administrators of this software, uh, the RP6 have to be released. Absolutely. The RP6 have to be released to work with government agencies in implementing this software uh, across the United States uh, to avoid another tragic 9-11, folks. And uh, there's a song out there that says, what were you doing on 9-11? And where were you? And what was going on? I can tell you right now, in the minds of the American people, uh, that was a day of a tsunami that hit the United States uh, with a force uh, that br- should have sh- shaken America to its knees, to its position that we must seek answers. And uh, as we go, Sam, we as we were in Washington, D.C. some months ago, uh, even last year, telling us when the, the 9-11 Commission report came out, stating that America was no safer today than they were before the attack on the United States. If I'm if you if I'm you, uh, ladies and gentlemen of America, uh, that concerns me. If I'm no safer now than I was then, you know, let's let's lay aside the politics. Let's lay aside the nonsense. Six men, the IRP six. Learn more about their story at free the IRP six dot org. Is it, Sam? Free the IRP six dot org. Yeah. And then you can go to uh, uh, find information at a hyphen just dot com. Uh, information there. Folks, it's time that America come together. How long do we sit on software? Sam, it's kind of like this. There's a bomb in a building somewhere in the United States. Just use the analogy. Go with me on a trip, folks. There's a bomb in a building, uh, in, in a major building with hundreds or thousands of American people. And there's a person out there that has the coal to, to defuse the bomb. And we say, well, I don't know if we want to actually call him. Well, you have two minutes ticking on the clock. Uh, it, it, it would behoove you to con- call the expert to come in and save the lives of these people. It's not, well, we have to go across town and we may have to pick them up. It doesn't matter. Ladies and gentlemen, the RP6 sit in federal prison tonight, wrongfully convicted with the answer, the keys, the reason to keep America safe sits locked behind a cage that the American government has the key to let them out. We need to let them out. Sam? And, and you know, Lamont, on, again, on that note, you mentioned uh, that uh, the 9-11 Commission report stated that we're no safer now than we were 10 years ago and, uh, and, and no safer than we were on September 10th before uh, the tragedy of 9-11 occurred. And, you know, the, the thing is, though, uh, the Internet, social media and all that is more robust and light years ahead of where it was. 10 years ago. And so that's one of the things that when you hear a lot of reports now, uh, the reports uh, indicate that uh, ISIS and terrorist organizations like that uh, make extensive use and skillful use of uh, of social media to do their recruiting. And so, you know, when you look at things like uh, a Fox News report that came out a few weeks ago, about a month or a little over a month ago, says that, you know, there are ISIS warnings, uh, that that there are purported ISIS warning claims Terror cells are in place in 15 states. Wow. 
Now, I read another article earlier today that says, you know, since the beginning of this year, they have made something to the tune somewhere between 40 and 50 arrests of people who are suspected to be part of the uh, ISIS terrorist organization. Now, 40 or 50 people across the nation, to me, is not a large number, especially when you're talking about 15 states. And I'm sure that's probably a conservative number as well. So when you look at the use of social media for their recruiting and people are jumping on board, I mean, as sick as that sound, people are jumping on board. And uh, but like you said, the, the Silk software is designed to help track those type of people. Uh, as the president spoke at the Pentagon, as other folks have uh, spoken since the president spoke at the Pentagon earlier this week, one of the major concerns is that of the lone wolf. And that's one of the things that ISIS is playing up. I mean, they, they are not going for, okay, let's get 10, 15 people together and try and get them to do something. They're now talking about, you know, one person can take out thousands of people, depending, oh, wow. upon, the, the, depending upon the type of uh, weapon that they use. Yeah, that's the so, lone wolf you're talking about. Exactly. Right. So that's why it's important that the case investigative lifecycle software, the Silk software, uh, be, you know, someone needs to ask for a demo. And... Um, uh, Just Cause put out a press release earlier today, so go out to our website at www.a-justcause.com and do a search on the uh, press release, and it says that software designed by IRP Solutions, IRP6, fits President Obama's anti-ISIL strategy, and so they need to look look at that and... You know, well, someone uh, from Washington, D.C. needs to ask a question. Well, Sam, uh, well-spoken there. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of America... Uh, we are going to get ready uh, very shortly uh, to deal with uh, uh, something very big and very awesome that's going on on our nation's capital. And that go goes by a gentleman by the name of Congressman Hakeem Jeffries making a huge difference uh, and, and talking about issues and bringing about change across the United States. And we're going to get into that. But uh, let's pay, take care of a little other business before we get started. Lisa, our disclaimer, please. Yes, we just like to remind everyone that we're not attorneys and that a just cause does not provide legal advice. You want to contact your own personal legal advisor for your legal needs. Also, the opinions expressed by callers and guests do not necessarily reflect that of a just cause. And as always, thank you so much for taking some time out of your evening and tuning in to spend a little time with us tonight. All right. Thanks, Lisa, for that. And uh, like I said, ladies and gentlemen, as tonight, uh, pull out the lemonade and uh, all those other things that make summer a little bit more delightful as we get ready to take a trip to our nation's capital. And uh, we're going to go to a quick break right now. When we come back, we're going to be dealing with Congressman uh, Hakeem Jeffries. And I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, this is a man out of the state of New York. And, Sam, it seems like New York is producing some pretty good folks. Uh, we had Congressman Charles Rangel, uh, Mr. Schumer, Congressman Sh uh, Senator Schumer, and now uh, Democratic uh, Congressman Representative Jeffries and all these folks uh, from New York seem to be of some very good pedigree uh, in making a difference uh, across the United States. Before we go there, uh, we do have some news, Sam, current news. And that music means one thing. There's something going on in Dallas or in the state of Texas. And uh, folks... Uh, it's some, it's some serious things going on. And, uh, uh, Sam, this is a very interesting story. Uh, and this goes to uh, uh, the claim, uh, a story written by Josh Brodsky. 
on July 9th in regards to downplaying slavery in Texas textbooks. And apparently there's been some initiatives of some of some sort uh, in, in addressing the textbooks, not focusing too much on slavery and things along those lines to at least in the minds of people uh, and of our young minds to understand that, uh, you know, slavery was a time in this country where things were not good. Uh, but they're trying to uh, make that a little bit not as hostile, if you will, Sam, if I'm seeing this correctly, uh, a situation. Uh, it starts, uh, uh, the writer states that uh, this is time for downplaying slavery uh, for, uh, for the Civil War. This fall, five million public school students will use new textbooks that intentionally minimize slavery. Sam, is that something that you think is a good idea or do we take away, you know, it's already been on as far as controversy that uh, we, there's not enough attention given to the heritage and the history of African-Americans and what we may have suffered. If is taking that away uh, causing some type of problem where people are not educated about what we actually suffered in this country? Uh, I guess there's an argument on both sides for that. What are your thoughts? Well, when you look at the uh, the things as far as the uh, what slavery was about, uh, or the textbooks, as far as that goes, as far as history is concerned, uh, let, let's start with the fact that the history textbooks leave out the contribution that African Americans oh. made to this to this nation. I mean, uh, that's why you have. I mean, why do you have to have a a a uh, curriculum called African American Studies? That's because there's a whole segment of our history that was left out, and so sure. now for someone to downplay. Uh, this part of it and say that, oh, well, you know, I, I, I'm looking at this one one comment here and it says that, well, slavery was just a side issue of the Civil War. It was really about states' rights. No kidding. It was about states' rights to enslave people and own slaves. And so, you know, when you read this kind of stuff, it's like uh, when you when you hear people say, well, we've made a lot of strides and we've come a long way. But when you hear this type of thing, um, it's like, you know, some people are still in the dark ages and you got to say hats off to the, to the uh, legislators in, in South Carolina who, I mean, there was some passionate exchange going on there with regard to the, uh, Confederate flag. I sure. think they had something like 13 hours of back and forth, uh, fighting over, over this flag. Wow. And, you know, yeah. I, I have to admit, I didn't know a lot of the things regarding the Confederate flag until I was l looking at some of, some of those news reports. And found out that in South Carolina, the, one of the main issues there was the fact that the flag was put up in 1961 as a protest to uh, the, the uh, desegregation laws. So when you look at that, that even magnifies this whole issue. They maintained a flag that was put up in protest of desegregation. Then why is it still there? Absolutely. Do some people want to go back to segregation? What is it a symbol of? Well, Sam, uh, if, if I'm, you know, if I'm not careful, we'll have you maybe at a podium in, on Capitol Hill. Becky, it sounds like you just made an argument as a politician. I'll just be uh, your, I'll be your campaign uh, manager. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff, uh, ladies and gentlemen. As we get ready to pull the bus up outside the Rayburn Building or the Cannon Building up in on one Washington D.C., guess what? We are emerging here at AJC Radio upon the nation's capital, and we are bringing to light tonight, spotlight on Capitol Hill with Congressman Representative Hakeem Jeffries. 
And ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you one thing right now. If you're looking for a man that is speaking for the heart of America, this man is doing it. Folks, get out the apple pie. Maybe you're having a barbecue tonight. Uh, maybe you decide to take sit in and order maybe a pizza and sit around the coffee table. Uh, we're getting ready to take off here on Capitol Hill. Get comfortable. Go get a cup of coffee. And uh, the ladies, get you a cup of cappuccino, whatever does you right, or a cup of tea. We're getting ready to take a step to our nation's capital here on AJC Radio. Coming back with us, we are co- going into the life in the spotlight, ladies and gentlemen, of Congressman Hakeem Jeffries making a difference on our nation's capital. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. Do you have a big brother? Well, I have a big brother, and I'm pretty sure that you and I experience some of the same things with a big brother. Big brothers will always be big brothers, right? I'm sure you'll agree. Well, my brother gets up in the morning. He takes a shower, heads to work, and at some point during the day, he's going to exercise and get that workout, as we all do. And, of course, depending on what's going on, he's going to sit down for two or three meals during the course of his day. And also, depending on what else is going on, he'll probably get caught up on current events and maybe take a few moments to turn a page in a book. How about your big brother? Some of the same stuff, right? Oh, did I mention that my big brother does all of that stuff, but he actually has to have permission a lot of times before he can do it. You see, my big brother was wrongfully convicted of a crime that he did not commit. That's right. That may sound shocking, huh? He's in prison. Wrongful convictions impacts families in ways you cannot begin to imagine. But I've decided that I'm going to do something about it. And I extend an invitation to you to come on board and join me in this fight. You see, I'm helping to be a voice for my big brother and others who have been wrongfully convicted. We'd like you to take a few moments today and call a just cause where we fight for justice. You can call us toll free at 1-855-529-4252. That's 1-855- 529-4252. Join with us as we fight for justice and for all big brothers across the land. I can solve difficult problems for a Fortune 500 company. I can run a successful business. I can manage your home improvements. I can publicize your message. I can motivate your audience. I can put my military experience to work for your company. I can teach your children. I can boost your bottom line. I can add value to your workplace. I could be a loyal and productive employee. But I can't put my skills to work for your organization if I'm not given the opportunity. If you don't recognize my talents and ability. If you don't hire me. If you don't have an open mind and a workplace that's open to everyone. If you don't realize that America works best when everybody works. What can you do? What can you do? What can you do? 
You can remember that it works. It's what people can do. It's what people can do that matters. Nearly 50 million Americans have disabilities. Capitalize on their talents with employment practices that benefit everyone. Learn more at whatcanyoudocampaign.org. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We'll come up on AJC Radio, where we bring the message of justice all around the globe. And uh, you want to know what globe means around the world, bringing the message of justice. And welcome to Spotlight on Capitol Hill Thursday. And uh, uh, Cliff and uh, Lisa, Sam, uh, this is going to be interesting tonight as we uh, uh, seek in our very limited way uh, to shine light on a young man on Capitol Hill tonight, a man of justice, a, a Sam, who I would call a pioneer of justice, uh, seeking to make differences, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, excuse me, uh, out of New York, the 8th District, uh, making some big things uh, happen in, on Capitol Hill. And Sam, as I've got an opportunity to review uh, some information and, and really look into the life of Mr. Jeffries, Congressman Jeffries, uh, I see a man of high integrity. A man that, uh, you know, when you hear him speak, when you hear him talk, uh, this man is making some huge steps. And Sam, what, what, what really got to me and Lisa and Cliff is that he's not moved by controversy. He's not limited or hindered uh, by his position. He stands on what he believes, uh, stands on what he, he feels, his passion uh, to make a difference in the United States. Uh, says here real quickly, uh, Congressman Hakeem Jeffries represents the diverse 8th Congressional District, an area that encompasses large parts of Brooklyn and a section of Queens. Serving his second term in the United States Congress, uh, Representative Jeffries is a member of the House Judiciary Committee. Uh, we'll get more into that here shortly. And the House Education and Workforce Committee. Uh, he is also a whip of the Congressional Black Caucus. And during the prior Congress, he served as the House Judiciary Committee Task Force on Overcriminalization. And presently, Representative Jeffrey co-chairs the Bipartisan Intellectual Property Caucus. What I did see earlier, Cliff, uh, uh, on this and Sam, uh, is that he is also on oversight, subcommittees oversight of the courts. Uh, so this man is involved in some, some very serious areas of government uh, that makes a huge impact, not only on, on New York, but actually on the, on the United States, Sam. Yeah. And, you know, when I look at some of his legislation and with a just cause being involved in uh, the judicial process and, and wrongful convictions and and uh, wrongdoing on the on the part of officers of the court or, or police, uh, you know, when you look at some of his legislation, he, he's not uh, he doesn't have tunnel vision. He covers it across the spectrum. So he has legislation that's out there that supports uh, law enforcement uh, professionals which is something that's needed because, you know, with without funding, uh, law enforcement cannot do their job. But then he also has legislation uh, in, in support of, of victims of crimes, uh, and he doesn't stop there. He even, you know, one of the major issues in the country is the voting rights of uh, ex-offenders. And so he even has uh, legislation that has been introduced with regard to that. You, you know, other other nations in the world, after someone has paid their dues to society, uh, you know, let's say they, they committed a crime, they did their time, and when they got out, 
uh, or when they get out, they're able to, you know, go back and vote or whatever. But this disenfranchisement uh, uh, with regard to voting rights of ex-offenders, you know, that's a big issue. And so uh, Representative uh, Jeffries uh, is is uh, on board with trying to get that rectified as well. It seems to be doing a lot, Cliff, uh, as, as we look at Congressman uh, Jeffries. Uh, your thoughts, I know you were very moved uh, a few weeks ago with Congressman Rangel as we talked about him that evening. And you said one thing that stood out to you was the fact that uh, these are men that are doing things not only for the districts, but for America. And these are these are committees and things that tend to make a difference. Cliff, your thoughts on as we get into this conversation with a very uh, admirable man in, in uh, Representative Jeffries. Yeah, you know, the, one of the things that really stands out in his profile is, I mean, We've been on Capitol Hill watching him argue. Uh, like you said before, he he is no uh, no coward when it stand, when it comes to standing against opposition with the things that he really believes in. He's passionate about it. You know, hearing him argue, uh, I forget who it was that uh, you know a situation that come up in the nation. Um, it may have been with the Secret Service or something the FBI was doing. Uh, I think it happened when the guy jumped over the fence and made it into the White House. And he adamantly stood against mm. the uh, the head of the Secret Service, telling them, "How can you be so naive to uh, to say that that the, that this thing that happened was just a fluke? You don't get in the White House within thirty seconds from the president and his family, sure. and that's just you know that's just something that happened." So he has no problem standing against the opposition, especially when the opposition. Uh, you know, it's foolishness. But looking at his profile, you know, it it says that while he remains committed to working diligently in uh, Washington on behalf of New York's 8th Congressional District, uh, Rep. Jeffries also works tirelessly to keep in close contact with his constituents. And, and that's something you don't see all the time. They a lot of the uh, people in Congress say they have open door policy, but it's not always that way. They say during the spring and summer, uh Representative Jeffrey holds Congress on your corner outdoor office hours throughout the district. At each stop, the congressman sets up a table in front of a local post office or on a neighborhood corner and constituents are able to meet with him one on one without appointment. He also hosts telephone uh, town home meetings in the form of regularly scheduled calls that provide an opportunity for participants to speak directly with the congressman. Now, wow, these are things that. You know, there's a lot of people in Congress that say, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm for the people, I'm for my constituents, I'm looking for things that really make a difference. This is how you make a difference. When sure. you get out there, you get amongst the people and you, you find out the things that affect them, and then you deal with those. That's what we see in Representative Jeffries, Jeffries. that, you know, that yeah. is the stance that he takes. Oh, absolutely. And uh, Sam, you were talking earlier, uh, and I think uh, to Cliff's point, uh, down to his position on uh, given uh, offenders, ex-offenders, an opportunity to do something with their lives. But he deal, goes with the heart. I believe Congressman Jeffries, if I'm not mistaken on my research of him, comes from a very serious area in New York. He, he's representing Brooklyn and Queens. These are not the, the Rodale Drives of, uh, of California. I mean, these are places where a lot of challenges are met, including poverty. Congressman Jeffries had something to say about that. Uh, this month, we marked the 50th anniversary of the declaration of the war on poverty. We know that on January 8, 1964, President Lyndon Baines 
Johnson came to this very chamber, spoke to a joint session of Congress and laid out a series of initiatives designed to combat chronic poverty in this country. As a result of this effort, there were many legislative battles that were won in the march toward the creation of a great society. Medicare, Medicaid, Head Start, school breakfast program, the Food Stamp Act, minimum wage enhancement, Job Corps, college work study. These were programs all part of that great society era enacted between 1964 and 1966. And taken together with other war on poverty initiatives, they managed to rescue millions and millions of Americans from their impoverished condition and set them on a pathway toward the middle class. And over the years, we've attempted to continue that war on poverty with great success, such that the situation in America now is better than it was in 1964, yet we know that the war continues. But instead, it seems like, as opposed to waging a war on poverty here in this chamber, many of our colleagues on the other side of the aisle have decided to embark on a war against the poor, a war against middle-class families and senior citizens. Wow. And uh, Sam, as you hear that tonight, Cliff Lisa seems very passionate. Uh, he makes it, he brings to, to mind that uh, that particular uh, war against poverty ha happened on the heels of Congress, in the, in the hallowed halls, if you will, where uh, President Johnson, I believe he references in that clip, started that. Um, to me, that is huge that he has, and Cliff, going back to your point, that he takes the time to go to his neighborhood and meet with constituents there and to shake their hands and to talk to them. That is what the American people believe is happening when they go to the polls on a cold November night as they drop uh, their names in the ballots, that this is what their elected officials are about. This is the purpose, Sam, as we talked before about Spotlight on Capitol Hill, is to shine the light. I think a lot of people in America may not be totally aware of the steps that members of Congress are doing. And, and when you talk about Jeffries, as I've heard him speak about these issues, uh, this is a man who believes in what he's speaking about. There's a lot of people that can talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. Sam, Congressman Jeffries doesn't seem to fit that mold. Well, you know, he recognizes the fact that, uh, you know, when even in elections, uh, the focus is on the middle class. And so the, the poor... Uh, are disenfranchised. I use that term again. They, they are forgotten about. Uh, they do not, uh, it's almost like the forgotten part of our society because, uh, uh, they are not going to, they're not looked at as, as serious players in, in our democracy. They're not looked at as serious players when it comes to elections. So, you know, everything that's done is focusing on the, on the middle class. So that the, the trickle down effect of that is that programs that exist uh, tend to go lacking. And so our uh, problem with poverty, our problem with uh, educational programs, uh, all those kind of things 
continue to lag because, you know, it, it affects a part of our society that, and this is not my thinking, I'm just saying, you know, the way that it, it's put out there. Sure. It affects a part of our society that, oh, you know, they're always going to be there. You know, they, sure. they, they don't contribute anything to, to me, so uh, uh, it doesn't really matter. But uh, that being said, uh, obviously, Representative uh, Jeffries uh, takes a serious view at how we deal with our uh, our our poor. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you know, right now I got the patriotic feeling. I don't have an American flag on. I'll have to look at Cliff's shirt for that to uh, to get that patriotic spirit. But I'll tell you what, right now, as you sit here tonight and listen to uh, what Congressman uh, uh, Jeffries is doing, I'm telling you, it gives you a good feeling. We said that initially about Congressman Richmond. Uh, the first uh, person, uh, congressman, that we highlighted on this show. This is what America needs to hear, Sam. As we, as we sit and talk, there's a lot of negative going on in the country right now. There's a lot of unbelief. There's a lot of lack of trust. As, as Congressman Jeffries alluded to uh, when he was addressing some of the issues in the previous clip in the introduction, he made it clear that what happens, distrust begins to be laid. Lisa, and I, I can see uh, as, as we get into this discussion, this is discussion that I believe, without people knowing what these Congress folks are doing up there, we simply assume and throw everybody in the same boat. It's human nature. But one person is not doing it, the other must not. Lisa, your thoughts on, on, the, on the congressman as we get into the magnificent work that uh, Congressman Hakeem Jeffries is doing up there on Capitol Hill? Well, Lamont, in the reading that I've been doing, I'm noticing a lot of, um, a lot of things that the congressman is doing. He, he seems to really, really be concerned with the people in his community. And you don't find that all the time. I mean, we have people in our uh, leaders of our community who are not concerned about what's going on in their community. They, they'll mess with it here and there. But, I mean, this man is really, really taking care of his constituents. I mean, he had he, he, he let's see, he had the um, he introduced the legislation to make the deployment of a chokehold unlawful. No, that's what killed Eric Garner. Oh. A, a chokehold. Now, they 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 banned it at the New York City, the New York City Police Department, but they still use it. It's it's discouraged to, again. They discourage against people using it all over the country, but a lot of people still do it. Now it's gonna. He's he, what he's doing is trying to make it against the law, right? So that you've broken the law if you if you hold someone in chokehold and something that is against the law to do that, which it, it should have been in the in the first place. I'm trying to understand that people are dying. This is uh, Mr. Gardner was not the first person who died as a result of being held in a chokehold. Sure. He's the first one that made the news. They got on video. Sure. But he wasn't the first person that happened to. Yeah. And people aren't paying attention to it. He also had something put up working on something called the PJ Act, which I was curious about it when I saw it just said PJ Act. So looking into it, there was a six year old boy who was fatally stabbed nine times in apartment in an apartment building elevator wow. in Brooklyn. Wow. And he this act is designed to increase uh the safety in these buildings, security in these public housing buildings, mm-hmm. because that's where he this is. I mean, this is his backyard. Absolutely. And he's looking at the things that are happening in his own community and trying to make a difference in that place, which is what all of our representatives should be doing. No, absolutely. Lisa. You know, you're right about that. And, you know, as you look at some of the bills that uh, Congressman Jeffries uh, is doing and he's doing stuff right now, as, as Sam mentioned earlier, uh, the formerly incarcerated voter registration act fighting for people who are ha- maybe have hit hard times uh, and, and may have made some mistakes in their lives, uh, he's saying, hey, there's a second chance out there for you. Uh, I was sitting here reading uh, uh, in regards as well uh, to the um, uh, Hate Crime Reporting Act uh, that he's also involved in. 
uh, and that was uh, Reporting Act of 2014. Uh, and it says here the bill directs the National Telecommunications and Information Administration to update and report to Congress concerning the role of telecommunications in the commission of hate crimes. These are things, again, every time we, we get an opportunity to, to highlight uh, the members of Congress up there, I'm, I'm fascinated more every time I come across these uh, members of Congress. These are people, and Congressman Jeffrey is saying here, uh, that requires uh, uh, this particular act requires such a report to include an analysis of the use of telecommunication, including the Internet, broadcast television and radio, cable television, public access television, commercial uh, mobile services and other electronic media to advocate and encourage violent acts in the commission of hate crimes as specified in the Hate Crime uh, Statistics Act. Um, so th these are things, again, about keeping America safe, keeping neighborhoods safe, where, you know, you're not being targeted because you're African-American or because you're from Asia or you're, become, you're from the Middle East or let alone or vice versa. If white, uh, white Americans are being targeted un unfairly because of racial issues in the country, that they're protected. You know what I mean? These are things that affect not only the African-American community, it affects all of us. And these are things, Lisa, as you said, that um, I'm comfortable uh, in sending uh, and voting for a person of this magnitude. This is a man that is about it. And Sam, as, as, as we uh, dig even deeper uh, into Congressman Jeffries, we find that uh, everything that he is doing, uh, whether it's the Scholarship Enhancement Act, the Fry Scholarship Enhancement Act, the uh, Excessive Use of Force Prevention Act of 2015, he is dealing with issues that are affecting people where people are upset. And again, Lisa, this is in his own backyard. The yeah. tragedies we have seen in New York City have been huge. It's not just New York, but he's putting legislation together that, hey, I, you may not be from my backyard, but hey, you're my neighbor. That's right. We're Americans. You, you may, you, you're probably across the street. Um, that, that's awesome to me. Cliff. And, you know, you mentioned some of the acts that, that he, uh, you know, is basically championing. The thing that stands out with him is that, sure, he has the, uh, you know, the, the, the act against, you know, excessive use of force prevention act. But then on the flip side of that, he also has the slain officer family support act. So this is showing you that he's, it's not about a political stance. This is about this is about the people, not only the people in his backyard, his constituents, those uh, members of New York and his district, but about the American people. These are these are the things that affect us all to say, hey, there should not be an, an excessive use of force by law enforcement against its communities. But on the flip side of that, there has to be support for those in law enforcement, you know, for the families of the slain officers. So he understands both sides of the coin. And he deals with it, and that is what makes a true representative of the people. That you don't just say that I go after this this uh, one area because I know it's going to get me votes. But you go after what's right. You go after, uh, you know, you're passionate about the things that are uh, important to those people that you serve. And Representative Jeffries is uh, an extreme example. Oh, and and, and uh, point well uh, taking Cliff on that and. Ladies and gentlemen of America, again, we talked about uh, some weeks ago, uh, you know, this is why it is so very important that we go out and we vote. Uh, we vote, you know, you're going to get it right sometimes. You're not going to get it wrong every time you go vote. Somewhere along the way, uh, we're going to get some decent people uh, out there that are going to make a difference. And that's why we can't become discouraged 
uh, with going to those polls, to encouraging your kids as they reach the legal age of voting to get out there and to vote. Uh, if you notice, Barack Obama, President Obama, uh, got the highest turnout of voters his first uh, uh, elected. Everybody came out. There was a campaign on every network to young people, to colleges, to campuses about getting out to vote. And that's not only the president presidential election. That is about members of Congress, people in your neighborhood, your governor, your mayor, your sheriff. All of these things are so critically important. And Lisa, as we see this here, when, when the congressman begins to set foot and make the statement that we intend to, uh, you know, fight against that chokehold as far as with Eric Holder was concerned, to keep doing those things, to address the issues that are on the front pages uh, of our newspapers and uh, on our networks as we turn on the morning news, uh, these are things that we have to actually look at. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you what, um, I'm moved up by Congressman Jeffries. I think uh, what he's doing mm-hmm. is, is, a, is a huge thing. Uh, and that's something we have to uh, to definitely focus on and to do what we need to do. So uh, as we sit here, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, uh, right now on the East Coast, it looks like it's coming close to 9 p.m., uh, 15 minutes from that time. Uh, and uh, before you know it, ladies and gentlemen, school's going to be checking back in. Uh, you better start putting Johnny and Susie to bed maybe a little bit early so you don't struggle so much in the morning as school uh, here in the next month and a half, Lisa, in some places, uh, kids will be getting up with the book, pa- the backpacks and uh, the, the crayons and the coloring books and the pen and the age group. Uh, and uh, work starts all over again. Ladies and gentlemen, you have tuned in tonight to AJC Radio, where we have highlighted and we are just getting started with the man who is making a difference. Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, representing the 8th Congressional District of New York. And uh, as we have said tonight thus far, a man that is passionate about making a difference in the lives of the American people. And and uh, I'll tell you what, Cliff, uh, I'm pretty sure in New York City, uh, some of those evenings or afternoons he's out there. It's probably not the best weather out there. Uh, and it can get a little chilly uh, on our nation's east coast. And, and it can uh, get a little hot in the middle. A little hot as well. <laughs> and uh, But he's willing to roll his sleeves up. Uh, Congressman Jeffries, if you're listening tonight, we salute you tonight here on AJC Radio. And... Uh, our respect and our honor goes to you tonight. Tonight is your night on Spotlight on Capitol Hill. Ladies and gentlemen, as the sun sets in your area, your neck of the woods, uh, pull up a chair on the front porch. Maybe you have a swing out there. You want to swing and get a little action going in regards to a little relaxation. Uh, tonight's the night to do it. But we ask you to stay with us. And you're welcome here at home with us here on AJC Radio. We're coming right back to you, bringing the message of justice all around the world. We'll be right back. Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who is innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongly convicted of crimes that they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today by remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause, toll-free, at 1-855-529-4252. 
Again, 1-855-529-4252. Or visit www.a-justcause.com and click the donate button. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall. A Just Cause is a 501c3. Odds of becoming an astronaut, 1 in 13,200,000. Odds of being struck by lightning, 1 in 576,000. Odds of dating a supermodel, 1 in 88,000. Odds of bowling a perfect game, 1 in 11,500. Odds of being trapped in an elevator, 1 in 24,528. Odds of catching a ball at a major league game, 1 in 563. Odds of an injury from shaving, 1 in 6,585. Odds of tripping while texting, 1 in 10. Odds of getting cancer in your lifetime, 1 in 2 men, 1 in 3 women. It's up to us to change the odds for our generation. For the ones we love. For our future. If you don't like the odds, stand up. Stand up to cancer. If you don't stop your friend from drinking and driving, you're as good as dead. Drinking and driving can kill a friendship. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people peaceably to assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. Gentlemen, I hope you're excited. I'm bouncing out the chair here tonight on AJC Radio. As we have dealt into a, a young man on Capitol Hill, I'm telling you, they need some bigger shoes because he is making some steps on the nation's capital. Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, this is his night on Spotlight on Capitol Hill. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've been talking about a man that is uh, making a huge difference uh, in the nation's capital. And, uh, Sam, I'm patriotic right now. Do we got any flags in the studio? Uh, ask the AJC radio team, do we have a flag somewhere uh, to post a patriotic flag of America as we talk about a man that's marching with the flag and in search and bringing uh, justice uh, all around the United States? And uh, we're excited about it tonight, ladies and gentlemen, as 
I'm here, Lamont Banks, with Sam Thurman, Cliff Stewart, and Lisa Stewart, uh, emerging on the steps of the Capitol and dealing with Congressman Jeffrey Sam as we have uh, talked even further um, uh, in regards to to the to the uh, to the congressman. He's doing some pretty big things that um, is making a huge difference. And uh, again, we we just now scratched the surface. I'd like to go to a clip. Uh, and ladies and gentlemen, uh, Congressman Jeffries, uh, if you know, he's a he's Sam. He's a fairly young man. Uh, I mean, he's not in. A, he's forty five. Forty five years of age. I'm his senior uh, <laughs> at forty six. But uh, uh, seems to be making uh, some differences out there. I remember as I was, we were dealing with the issue in regards to the cops. Uh, and you remember Sam uh, when the cops were actually killed. Uh, in New York City, uh, in his own backyard. Uh, and a lot of people think politicians just kind of lean one way or the other. Uh, and, uh, I'll tell you what, Hakeem Jeffries, um, made up, made it clear that they do not condone violence. Uh, Sam, they don't condone the violence and all of that stuff. Uh, uh, production team, let's go to that clip right now if we can. What's it like in your district right now? It must be awful over there. Well, we certainly are a wounded city right now, although we remain a resilient city. This was a tragedy for the Bedford-Stuyvesant community that I represent, a tragedy for the city, tragedy for the country, tragedy for the police department. But most importantly, Wolf, it's a tragedy for the family of Officer Ramos and Officer Lou. Uh, and so our first order of business is just making sure that these two heroes are buried with the dignity and respect that they deserve, uh, that they're given a hero send-off. And then we're going to have to come together as a city to repair the damaged relationship between the police and the community so that we can make sure that there's an appropriate balance between effective law enforcement. We support the police department. We need the police department. Uh, but we also want to make sure that there's a healthy respect for the Constitution, for the civil rights of all communities. As you know, the police uh, officers, the police union, they are really angry at a lot of the statements that politicians have made, not only the mayor, but the attorney general, even the president, presumably you as well, for the aftermath of Ferguson, the aftermath of Staten Island, where there seem to be statements very critical of law enforcement. Let me play a little clip. Here's a clip of an interview you did with our Christian Amanpour, and I want you to give you, give you an opportunity to give me some context of what you were saying. And I was really struggling as a father as to what to say to my oldest son in particular about what this verdict or failure to indict means uh, in terms of his everyday interactions on the streets of New York. I was actually comforted by the fact that I called and he got home safely. And I've got to worry every day about what could happen to him, not just from the robbers, but from a bad apple on the police department. All right. So a statement, a bad apple among the police department, that police officers are saying, and, and it's you know, fair or unfair, uh, unfair, that could have inspired some of these kinds of anti-police rhetoric and actions we saw with this one guy who, caught, who killed these two police officers. Well, first of all, this was a deranged individual, a coward, uh, who engaged in this assassination of these two officers. Uh, someone who had a, a dramatic uh, criminal record in two states, there's no way that this individual should have had a gun. Uh, one of the pu public policy implications of this uh, tragedy is figuring out how we can deal with our gun violence problem in America. Uh, and I don't think that any criticism of the police department in terms of the few officers that engage in the excessive use of force should be conflated uh, with this tragedy. Uh, these officers did not deserve to die, but Eric Gardner did not deserve to die. 
Uh, and clearly there's an issue in terms of equal protection under the law for everyone, which is contained in the Constitution, and we want to make sure that that provision is brought to life. Well, I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Sam, that's, uh, that's moving right there. He didn't defend the, the, uh, the officers. Uh, excuse me. He didn't defend the man that killed the officers in New York City. He spoke out against them. And uh, what Congressman uh, Jeffries is, and this goes, I think, uh, Cliff or Sam, you mentioned this earlier, uh, the 114th uh, Congress, this particular Congress, as the Slain Officer Family Support Act of 2015, uh, stating that the bill authorizes charitable tax deduction for cash contributions made for the relief of the families of slain New York Police Department detectives, uh, and I can't pronounce that name, uh, Detective Lou and Rafael Ramos, even if such contributions are made for the exclusive benefit of such families, a taxpayer who makes such a contribution may claim a deduction in 2014. So Congressman Jeffrey says if you contribute to the families of these slain officers, this legislation is to give you a tax break for giving back to officers, families that have been lost in this tragedy. Sam, when you hear that, that's not protocol, is it? Well, you know, I think when you look at the situation, he, he did it as a as a gesture, obviously, to, to the uh, citizens of, uh, of uh, New York, as well as, you know, the, the nation, really, because it is legislation that President Obama signed into law. Uh, and and uh, obviously, you know, when these two uh, police officers were slain, as he as he indicated in the clip, that was a major blow to their community. And uh, a lot of people, you know, wanted to reach out and help. Sure. Now, granted, you know, a lot of folks are not going to uh, contribute to a fund like that just because of the tax break. But he did make it available for them that you know, if you do contribute to it, then you are going to get the tax break. And, and the point that you were making as far as him coming out uh, and speaking against the, the uh, man who, who committed this, this heinous crime, uh, what else can you do? I mean, because of the fact that here you have two police officers that are sitting in their patrol car, they didn't have responsibility for, or, or they had nothing to do with some of the other actions that had, had occurred there in New York. So, you know, for someone to just walk up and take their life, that's totally uncalled for. I mean, that should happen nowhere. Under any circumstances. Right. And he makes the point, Sam, that whoever did this uh, was a coward. Ladies and gentlemen of America, make no mistake about it, that if you see folks protesting injustice, it doesn't mean they're about violence in the other way. That has nothing to do with it. And I think uh, what, what people do as a whole, you see people protesting on TV, you automatically think, oh, my goodness, these people are out of control. This should not be happening. These people are protesting an injustice. That has happened to them, and that's okay if that's they want to if they want to protest. But it doesn't mean we condone violence and the and taking the lives of police officers. I think he made a good point, Lisa, in regards that you know in, in, in the prior clip he said most cops out here are trying to do the right thing. If you take police off of the streets right now in America, you're going to have a bad problem. But he made a good point. He said I'm pointing out the bad apples in yeah. the midst of these yeah. police departments. So, ladies and gentlemen, make no mistake about it. We need the police. We need the, the sheriff's department. We need the district attorney's office. We are addressing issues where abuse has stepped in, where the abuse of power has sidetracked the real issue, and that is protection, to serve and protect. 
And uh, I think, uh, Lisa, that's the point that we should be focused on. And I think that's what Congressman Jeffrey is saying. He is the one of the one of the things that I marvel about Congressman Jeffries is that he really seems to be a bipartisan congressman. Uh, I believe it's it's stated uh, earlier um, that Congressman Jeffries began the 114th Congress determined to lead in a bipartisan manner. Uh, at the outset, he teamed up with Representative Peter King to pass the Slain Officer Family Support Act, the one we were just talking about, a bill that extended the tax deadline. He crossed the aisle to say, "Look, we need to do something." If we can get all of Congress to get in the mindset of Congressman Jeffries, I bet America runs just a little bit more smoother, don't you? I think so. I mean, that's that's huge to me because we don't hear these things. Uh, we don't hear these things going on. So that's something uh, that we definitely have to pay attention to. Sam, this is this is awesome. I mean, I'm at a loss of words and I'm still talking. But I'll tell you <laughs> what, uh, uh, I'll tell you, this man is doing some things that you just don't hear people doing anymore. I mean, you're telling me, hey, look, contribute to these families. We'll get, we're pushing to give you a tax break. We're pushing to say thank you. We're pushing to say that you're going to get something in return for that. Um, but Lamont, yeah. another thing that uh, Congressman Jeffries said, he did make a statement that in a democracy, everyone's entitled to equal protection under the law. However, when a police officer crosses the line and appears to use excessive force, the criminal justice system often fails to hold the officer accountable, and that must change. When a police officer takes the life of an unarmed civilian, there should be a fair and objective uh, investigation. So he's taking the right stance on both sides. On both sides. Absolutely. Of it. And yeah. you, when you, you look at it, you know, you might have those who are skeptical that, uh, you know, anybody in Congress, any politician uh, is for justice. You know, this is uh, if this is all held by some listeners, by anybody in the chat room. It, we don't bring on the spotlight for Capitol Hill just going to pick somebody out, you know, grabbing an apple out of the barrel. We've been to uh, Capitol Hill, what, 30 times in the last year? 31. 31, excuse me. We've talked to these uh, congressmen. We've dealt with their staff. We've, we've done research on the initiatives that they take a part in. We don't just bring them on and do a spotlight, just say, hey, let's just grab somebody. No, sure. this is research that's done by our research staff, his peers, the statements that are laid out about who this person is. So if you say, well, I'm skeptical about any politician being for justice, this is what we need to and have to dispel because if you hold that thought, you are misinformed. You need to go out, do your research, and understand who in Congress is really doing something. This is what was said by, uh, by about Representative Jeffries. From his peers, okay. it says in Congress, Rep. Jeffries has emerged as a tireless advocate for social and economic justice. He has worked hard to help residents impacted by the devastation of Superstorm Sandy, reform our criminal justice system, improve the economy for hardworking Americans, and make college more affordable. It, I adjure you, go to Capitol Hill. Listen to, to Representative Jeffries as he argues on the point, as he argues for justice. And if you don't believe that this man is passionate about the things that he said, then you have not. I don't know how you've ever been around any other human being because you see it, you hear it, you feel it when you're in his presence that this is what he's about. And his peers have said he's tireless in the fight for justice. That is why. When we bring someone on as a spotlight for Capitol Hill, that this is the real deal. We've done the research. We understand who they are. 
And we don't have a problem with the other side of the coin when when someone uh, when well, someone you know is not doing something right. We call names on this absolutely. show all the time. So we we call the good good. We call the bad bad. And obviously we call the ugly ugly. Well, absolutely, Cliff. And uh, we got a caller on the line. And uh, let's. Uh, we don't. I thought we have a caller. Uh, we do have a caller that's going to be coming on here shortly. And uh, I'll I'll tell you what. Um, there's a lot of people concerned about what's going on in the country and. Uh, Talking to the technical team right now, it looks like they're trying to get him back. Uh, apparently, he, uh, he, his car dropped. Uh, weather may have a, con- a contributing factor to do with that. So as soon as we get him back, we'll bring him back on. Uh, but I'll tell you what, uh, it says here, uh, you know, you remember, Sam, uh, not too long ago in the last several months, there was a, a nation outcry uh, demanding police reform. That police reform was critical. And it says here, on the heels of a nationwide outcry demanding meaningful, meaningful police reform, Congressman Jeffries introduced the Excessive Use of Force Prevention Act of 2015 legislation that will make the deployment of a chuckle, chokehold, excuse me, Lisa, you mentioned this earlier, unlawful under federal civil rights law. And the chokehold has been banned by the New York Police Department for more than 20 years. So far, that didn't get too far because they were still using it. And prohibited or discouraged by several major police departments throughout the country. Yet it continues to be used by law enforcement as in the death of Mr. Eric Gardner. The chokehold is an unnecessary and uncivilized tactic that this bill will make unlawful. Those are the words of Congressman Jeffries. And we're going to get back to that in a moment, but let's go to our phone lines. Cliff, who do we have? Uh, we have Joe on the line. Joe, you have a comment. You're live. Okay. So I'm hearing that you're very passionate about this guy, Jeffries. Now, I don't know anything about him. So what has he actually done? other than, let's say, vote for a bill. What kind of results has he actually garnered for his constituents? Well, uh, Joe, if you understand anything about how laws are passed and bills are created, it's not uh, a one-day, one-moment-in-time situation where they say, hey, I'm arguing for this situation, and then it gets passed. This is a this is a, a fight, and, and like I said, with his um, what his peers say, that he's a tireless advocate for social and economic justice. What more do you ask for for, from a congressperson uh, except for when they get up and talk about the things that they're passionate about, the things that their constituents are passionate about, that they take that stance in front of their peers, in front of Congress, in front of the uh, the chairman and the co-chairman of the committees that they're on and the committees that they oppose, when they take that stance, what more can you ask from them? All right. So in other words, he's pretty good for standing up in front of a microphone. Now, what kind of results has he actually obtained? Well, I'll tell you what. If you know anything in regards to uh, uh, to the issues on Congress Hill, the, uh, excuse me, on Capitol Hill, and the protocol that is followed, uh, this the protocol that Congressman Jeffrey is using, and the steps that he has taken are exactly how laws have been enacted and put in place in this country from the beginning since we've had a Congress. These are the steps that are taken to bring about that change. So if that's the case, you got President Obama who spoke prior uh, to getting elected that he intended to try to pass a new health care reform bill, uh, a law, into the United States. Uh, that happened and was actually solidified at the end of, basically the end of his term. Uh, but he had to take the steps necessary to and, make these things happen. And also, Joe, you, you asked, um 
what he has what he has done, what has happened with him standing up for these bills. So we we have a few of them for you. Uh, he was involved in the passage, not just the argument, but the passage in a number of key pieces of legislation, including the disaster release of, uh, I'm sorry, the Disaster Relief Appropriations Act of 2013. That was a bill that provided billions of dollars for uh, the recovery of the Superstorm Sandy in the 8th District and the affected area. He also sponsored and passed as part of the National Defense Authorization Package, the Prison Ship Martyrs Monument Preservation Act. Uh, this law directs the U.S. Secretary of Interior to study, study the feasibility of designating the Prison Ship Martyrs Mausoleum in Brooklyn as a national monument. Now, that's just a couple of the examples of, of what he's had passed. Now, like I said before, you know, it, it does take a little time for these bills to get in place and become law. But these are examples of what he has actually passed. And, and that's no that's no small thing to get billions well, of dollars of relief for those who have suffered from Superstorm Sandy. Okay. Joe, this so is increased taxes. And he's asked the Department of Interior to investigate building a monument. What has he done for justice? I thought the show your show was about justice. Well, I'll tell you what, Joe, justice is about making laws and making effects on the American people. I can guarantee you with the, uh, the, uh, the Hurricane Sandy situation that Cliff referenced, that he, disaster relief, I can guarantee you if you go to those neighborhoods tonight and relief has been given to those families, I would presume they would see that as justice on their behalf to give them a better living situation in the place we call America. Uh, last I looked, that's America. Maybe yes and maybe no. There was a disaster, uh, disaster relief fund for yep. other people in the northeast seaboard because of the hurricane. I think it was Hurricane Sandy the last year or the year before. Well, and right. the people there are still complaining about um, the lack of relief and the lack of funding from, um, sure. from the United States government. Just like the people in, um, what was it, um, New Orleans when Bush was in office. Um, when there was no real relief afforded those particular people down there. So in other words, he may be a good debater. He may be the typical politician. And I'm just singling him out because you guys are praising him. And I still like to know what he's actually done to, let's say, bring veterans back home, to reduce taxes, to improve, to actually obtain results that improves a corrupt judicial system. We well, absolutely. Things. I mean, Joe, these are these are great these are great ideas that you have. Um, what 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 I would ask you to do? I mean, you say you don't know much about him. So, what I would tell you to do: go out to jeffries.house.gov. There, all the information about who he is, what he's done, legislation mm-hmm. that he's had passed, and all those things, what he stands for, is out there. So, if you do the research and get the information then you'll have a better understanding of what exactly it is well, that he stands for and whether you should uh, support him or not. Well, and that's what makes it America, ladies and gentlemen out there. Uh, this says here, Cliff, prior to, and Joe, prior to his election to the Congress, uh, Representative Jeffrey served for six years in the New York State Assembly. Uh, in that capacity, he authored laws. Again, what did he do? He authored laws that included protecting the civil liberties of law-abiding New Yorkers doing police encounters, encouraging the transformation of vacant luxury condominiums into affordable homes for working families, and improving the quality of justice in the civil court system. 
Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's a little bit what I call a resume. Uh, the song says, what have you done for me lately? Uh, it sounds like Congressman Jeffries not only done stuff lately, before he was ever elected to the Congress, he was in the New York State Assembly making changes and making things happen. But what makes it America, Joe, is that we all are entitled to our opinions. We all can debate and discuss those things. But I'll tell you what, um, Congress, uh, Congressman Jeffries seems to be making a difference uh, in, in, in some way. So uh, we, uh, we, we appreciate. So, uh, according to you, if a, if a young congressman actually gets up and debates and either authors some bills or perhaps co-sponsors some bills or actually vote for a bill, that's good enough. No, that's not what he said. Not only did we say he, uh, he, he was about standing up debating, and, and uh, I'm not one to object to someone standing up and making an argument. That's what makes this country America. Uh, I will tell you this. Uh, Congressman Jeffries, what we just said, are things that he had passed, not that he got up talking about, that he actually implemented these changes, as we've just right, stated. So on. How do you know they're effective? Congress does not have a good track record, and neither does any state assembly have any track record, a good track record of actually affecting the changes that they promised to make for the people. So, well, I tell you what, one thing, Jeffries, any any particular congressman, can you name any other congressmen who are following, let's say, in the in the mold of Jeffries that you think are pretty good congressmen that are up there on Capitol Hill? Lisa? Well, you know, Joe, there there are actually we've been doing a lot of research here lately and we're we're looking into these different people and there are a lot of people that are doing great things. Tonight is about Congressman Jeffries. So that's that's where our focus is tonight. But I mean he he's not he's by far the only one that's uh that's that's on record as having done something great. There are there are a lot of people and I understand your your skepticism because I felt the same way. But uh as the more you the more we've gone to, to D.C., the more we've talked to these people and we see what they go through to try to get something passed. It's not as simple as just saying this is what I want to do. There is an uphill battle for every single thing that these congressmen and senators try to get passed and try to get through. They have people fighting against them. They have people who agree, people who disagree. They, they have it's not it's not a simple process. These and these people work all day, sometimes most half into the night. Where they're working, trying to get these things done. So I mean, there are, a, and this is a lot of them. I'm not going to say it's all of them because I believe I, I, I'm a, I still believe that there are some politicians who are out there who are just uh, what the stigma calls a politician. They get out there, they lie, they have nothing good to say. But I don't believe that that's all of them. I believe there are people like Congressman Jeffries that were that were spotlighting tonight who are actually trying to make a difference. I mean, you you can't just up and say I'm just going to change this today and it changes. I have to they have to take all these steps and go through all this process and all the different things that they're required to do to try to get support for what they're trying to push through and try to get everybody on board to get a law passed. It's it's a very complicated process, which Absolutely. I never realized that until I started talking to these people and watching them work and seeing what they're doing. Absolutely. And, uh, Joe, you made a reference of other people that we have uh, talked about. And Lisa makes a good point. Uh, in regards to dealing with uh, Congressman Jeffries tonight. Spotlight on Capitol Hill deals with a member of Congress. But I'll tell you this right now. We A few weeks ago, we had Congressman Charles Rangel from New York on this program. And I'll tell you what, this is a man who's put in, uh, he's 85 years old and has been in Congress for 44 years uh, and has been a, a uh, trying uh, to, to uh, make a difference in public service. Uh, again, uh, you're welcome to go to agencyradio.com, listen to those shows. And uh, believe me, we do our research here on AJC Radio. Sam? Uh, yeah, Joe, thanks for, for, for calling in. Just a quick question for you, a couple of questions. 
So uh, if you don't mind me asking, what part of the country are you from? You can give the region or you can give the state. What part of the country are you from? From Montana. Okay, so uh, as far as when you look at a a member of Congress or someone in the Senate, um, and and obviously you have some, some ideas as to, you know, what our legislative bodies should be about, and there is no question at all, as, as Lisa was, was stating, that when partisan politics come into play, it makes it appear as though nothing is happening. And so you can throw the entire body into the, into the bucket together, and, uh, and, and the collective body, it looks like, you know, man, what's going on? But then if you start to look at them individually, and I think you may have made the comment that looking at them individually, uh, it makes you wonder, okay, is this guy just a, a person that can speak? Or uh, is there someone that, um, uh, uh, or is it someone that's really about something? So uh, I guess one of the thoughts I'd like to leave with you is, you know, what would you, what would you look at as uh, an ideal uh, legislator, someone whether they're in a member of Congress or whether they're a member of the Senate, and you know, shoot us a note, give us a, you know. Uh, a note on that, and then you know what we'd like to do is what was that, Joe? Because if you're a good senator or a good congressman, you have the rest of the um, uh, the people in um, in the legislature who are against you. Bipartisan politics is nothing more than smoke uh, than a smokescreen, just to let people feel as though the congressmen are doing something, but in actuality, they're not really doing much except for. Uh, making the nation worse. Inflation has gone up. Crime, yeah, the Joe, statistics, if you believe them, may have uh, gone down. No, sure. And Lisa, and no, we, we, we understand your concerns. We understand your concerns and everything that you're feeling. What we'd like to do is do it. We could get you, if you want to leave your number with the operator, we'll give you a call back and we'll give you some, uh, we'll do a little research for you and get some more information to you about some of the people that are that are doing good things. And we'll get we'll get that information to you. But thanks so much for your comment, Joe. And you know, Lisa, maybe we could even look into some of the uh, representatives from Montana. Yeah, and, and see, you know, see, see, see what's true. going on there. And yeah, then obviously, you know, engage Joe in some dialogue. Uh, what's going on with the uh, representatives and the senators from the state of Montana? And well, uh, go ahead, Cliff. No, I just wanted to say as a, a last point on uh, Joe's comments and questions, and for uh, for him and anybody else out there who you know says, well, what are uh, Representative Jeffrey, the laws. What has he done? I'll give you the top five. He passed. This became these these became law. Not just he. So argued. he wasn't just standing right, at, not at just a standing podium there at a podium. A these became law. The USA Freedom Act of 2015, Blade Officer Family Support Act 2015, to award uh, the also he, he uh, passed a law to award a congressional gold medal to the foot soldiers. Joe brought up. Uh, the military, the, veterans, yeah. the foot soldiers who participated in Bloody Sunday, Turnaround Tuesday, or the final Selma to Montgomery Voting Rights March uh, in March of 1965. These are laws that have passed. Number four, he passed a law to establish the law school clinic certification program of the U.S. Patent and Trademark uh, Office and for other purposes. The fifth one, and I'll leave it there, he passed a law to designate the facility of the U.S. Postal Service in New York as the corporal 
Juan Morel Alcantara Post Office Building. This is a man who's well, out for social well, and economic justice. You know, Cliff, uh, Joe made it a point to say, well, what else has, has Jeffrey's done other than to, you know, put in a bill to, to name a monument? Well, you know, that's what, that just so happens to be one of the things that members of Congress do. Before any federal building in any uh, part of the country uh, can take on someone's name, the representative for that area has to present it as a resolution or as a bill or something like that. Sure. It's not just, you know, as they're building it, you know, they're going to call it the, you know, the Lamont Banks <laughs> post office. Well, that, that's not going to happen. It, it has to come from right. uh, a member of Congress uh, in, in, to, 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 to say, hey, we want to name this building after this person. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has got a little heated. Uh, we call this debate. We call it argument, and we call it good conversation on AJC Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, we bring the message of justice all around the world. And I'll tell you right now, Congressman Jeffries, hats off to you. And I believe you got your boots on and you're in the middle of the war for justice. And uh, I think America feels the same way. But this is what makes it America. We can disagree, but justice marches on. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go at 930 on the East Coast right now. Uh, not 930, excuse me, uh, watch a little fast. I'd say 920 uh, on the East Coast in New York City. I'm sure it's time for wrap-up time around the family homes and the kitchen table around America. You can cool down tonight as the humidity gets a little hot and sticky on the East Coast and a little dry in some other parts of the country. Get you some strawberry lemonade and uh, come on back with us after the break. We're going to get even deeper to a man that's making a difference in New York City and around the world. Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, we're coming right back here on AJC Radio. Hold on to your seats, folks. We're just getting heated up here on AJC Radio. Do you know anyone who's been sent to prison who's innocent? The United States is experiencing record numbers of exonerations in cases where people were wrongfully convicted of crimes they did not commit. If you believe that no one should be sent to prison for crimes they didn't commit, there is something that you can do today. By remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation, you can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause at 855 855- 529-4252 or visit a-justcause.com and click the donate button. A Just Cause is a 501c3. Wrongful convictions are wrong. Let's be the voice of those who can't speak from behind the wall. Today, an innocent person is standing trial for a crime they did not commit. Today, an innocent person is writing for help from a prison cell. 245 people have been exonerated by DNA testing, but researchers believe that at least 40,000 innocent people are still behind bars. For them, the answer is the Innocence Project, an organization that uses DNA technology to free those who've been wrongfully convicted of a crime. For more information about how you can support the Innocence Project, go to mylifetime.com. Every crime has a victim, and every victim needs help. 
Being violated by a crime can leave you feeling alone in the world. National Center for Victims of Crime can help. Let us be your resource, your support, your guide to rebuilding your life and restoring hope. Yes, you have the ability to recover. Take the first step. Call 1-800-FYI-CALL or visit us at www.ncbc.org. So most people don't understand the importance of exercising and eating right. Most people think it's about getting super buff or eating grass to keep that perfect bod, but those who believe that are wrong. Exercising regularly and getting the right balance of nutritious food leads to a common diagnosis known as healthy. Now healthy may sound mainstream and boring, but it's real. It improves your immune system to prevent sickness, boosts self-confidence and controls body weight, gives you energy and improves your overall happiness. So next time you think that's not bad, think again and be the best you you can be. I stand for dignity. I stand for respect. I stand for fairness. Red, yellow, black, white. We're all the same color. When you turn out the lights. Ladies and gentlemen, I wonder why it's about 100 degrees at AJC Radio Studios tonight. Uh, we were able to get into some dialogue and conversation of those that may not agree uh, with all that's going on on our spotlight on Capitol Hill. But guess what? That makes it America, ladies and gentlemen. You have the right to disagree, but AJC Radio will push on and honor those who are ministers of justice. And I'll tell you what. Uh, we're getting ready to get even more heated up on here. And, uh, Sam, as we sit here, uh, Congressman Jeffries, I'm sure that's not the, you know, we, you have controversy. You have folks that don't agree. Uh, but somebody took the time to go to a, a, a voting booth on, uh, on a November night, perhaps weeks before Thanksgiving in Turkey and dressing, and uh, uh, went out there to the polls and decided to vote someone in, and that is Congressman Jeffries. So, uh, the people have spoken, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Constitution of the United States reads, we the people, Sam? Is that right? That's right. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, uh, you know, you're not going to please everybody, uh, but we're going we're gonna to continue to honor Congressman Jeffries. And, folks, whether you agree with us or not, you're welcome to call into this program, and we'll have discussion with you because this is America. Sam? Well, you know, uh, Lamont, one of the points that Cliff made earlier was the fact that uh, we have no problems at all uh, naming names on a just cause uh, on AJC Radio uh, from the standpoint of if, if someone is crossing the line on a negative side, then we're going to talk about that. If someone is doing something that is admirable and something that should be recognized for trying to make things better, then we're going to talk about that as oh, well. Absolutely. So, you know, like you said, uh, there, there are going to be situations where uh, everyone's not going to agree on different things sure. or people see things from different perspectives. But when it comes to those issues, 
you know, we we uh, we we talk about all issues across the board. Oh, that's what it. Well, we we didn't say uh, AJC Radio bringing the message of justice uh, to 154 Third Street. Uh, we said bringing the message of justice around the world, and that includes the United States of America, New York City, and our hometown, our buddies from in Montana. Uh, we bring it home there as well. Justice applies to all of us, and uh, we're going to continue to seek justice as we continue uh, on AJC Radio. So, folks, I'll tell you this, Sam. I'm excited tonight about Congressman Jeffries. Uh, you know, it makes me want to just say, you know, I had the privilege of meeting Congressman Jeffries on a couple of occasions, Cliff, as you alluded to the trips to Washington as we emerged on the on the on Capitol Hill talking to members of Congress, uh, this is a man that is not uh, a a noun. I think we talked about that some weeks ago, uh, folks. You got to become verbs. Congressman Jeffrey is a verb, uh, and a <laughs> verb is uh, the definition of a verb is something that is moving and uh, that is action. Well, and, and you know, to that point, Lamont, uh, you're not one of uh, Congressman uh, Jeffrey's uh, constituents, correct? Correct. Yet he gave you time. Eddie Gay Cliff and, 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 and anyone from AJC, he gave them time. Absolutely. And so, you know, sometimes you do run into those uh, uh, representatives who, you know, at, at some point or another, until they really realize what you're about and what your organization is about, you know, the standard answer is, well, uh, you're not part of our constituency and, and so forth and so on. But when they understand that you are about a national uh, initiative, uh, you are a national organization about change, then that, you know, opens the door for you to be able to to speak with these representatives. And uh, Congressman uh, Jeffries didn't make any excuses or uh, put any roadblocks in your way. Uh, it's my understanding that, you know, you, you, you may have even just stopped in the hallway and talked with him. Well, I believe I went into a hearings of the Judiciary Committee uh, and actually uh, he came out. And, uh, you know, he was very, very busy there. But when he came out, he took he took time with us in the hallway, uh, spoke to us, was very interested why we were there. Uh, and, and again, you know, this is what I got from Congressman Jeffries firsthand. I'm not I'm not just saying we heard something and we thought, well, let's just go with Mr. Jeffries. I actually uh, had the opportunity to speak with his, his right, staff. Right. Uh, we have uh, me and uh, Lisa uh, actually sat down with uh, a, a couple of his staff members there in, in D.C., uh, in regards to issues, very, very engaged uh, yes, in what was going much. on. So, uh, like I said, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the, the schedule uh, of, the, of the congressman. And uh, you know what? As we move on to the next steps, uh, the next issues that Congressman Jeffrey has done, uh, you know, the big argument has been the issue uh, with minimum wage, and then those issues that have uh, that have that have gone on. So, uh, I'm going to play a clip really quick in regards to Congressman Jeffrey's. Uh, addressing that issue. On it, an honor and a privilege uh, to once again have the opportunity to come to the House floor to participate uh, in this special order hour, this CBC hour of power co-anchored uh, by the dynamic duo of D. Payne and R. Kelly. Uh, we really appreciate uh, their continued uh, involvement and eloquence and leadership uh, in helping to articulate for the American people as part of this conversation that we're able to have periodically the issues of great importance to the African-American community, uh, but issues that I believe are also of great importance to the broader American community. Uh, poverty is an issue that certainly impacts uh, the city of Newark that 
Congressman Payne represents, the city of Oakland, uh, that Barbara Lee represents, the city of Chicago that Congress represents in part, the city of New York uh, that I represent uh, in part, even though the zip codes uh, for those four particular municipalities may be different, the issues of lack of economic opportunity, of course, are largely the same. And far too many people uh, do not robustly have an opportunity to pursue the American dream in a manner that's consistent with what America uh, is supposed to be, a place where if you just work hard and stay on the right path, you have an opportunity to lift yourself up uh, out of the station that you may have been born into in life. But we know, unfortunately, that race seems to play a role in that capacity to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And uh, well said, uh, Congressman uh, Jeffries, on that. Uh, Sam, you know, he makes it clear that the economic situation in this country, as much as we want to turn a blind eye to, and say being African-American or minority doesn't play a part on the poverty and the issues that face a nation uh, here in America and communities and African-American communities and Latino communities and any minority communities are affected by this. And I think he makes a good point. These are issues we have to deal with. And, uh, you know, as, as he uh, has, has uh, gone forward, uh, to uh, make some changes. Sam, Congressman Jeffrey seems to be not only concerned about the African-American community, he's a concern about, it seems to me, all people. Uh, goes to Lisa uh, and Sam and Cliff to the Vulnerable Immigrant Voice Act uh, of 2015. It says, amends the Immigration and Nationality Act to require the council at the government's expense in a removal of related appeal proceedings They'll be provided only for an alien who is an unaccompanied child, unable to represent himself or herself due to a serious mental disability. Uh, and he is also, uh, it, it says here that particular bill has been referred to the Subcommittee on Immigration and Border Security. Uh, we're dealing with other minorities now. Uh, mm -hmm. So, you know, people want to address the fact that as Congressman Jeffrey is simply concerned uh, in regards to Queens, New York, or a predominant African-American community. Lisa, I don't see that here. I don't either. But I, I mean, I think his main priority should be to his home constituents. But this man reaches across that and continues to care and be concerned about what's going on across the nation. Well, look, my position is this on individual Congress people that work represent the districts. That's what they were elected by those exactly. voters to do. But here's the thing. Collectively, each state doing what Hakeem, Congressman Hakeem Jeffries is doing with that attitude and that mindset, if that trans sends or transfers to other states and we follow this this way of thinking like again any of these congressmen that are doing good things any of these congress people that are making a difference that are saying look we want to do something that matters you can't have that spirit in the congress and have that uh be in the other minds of congress people in the bipartisan and working together and it not affect America in a positive way. That's right. And that is what we're talking about on this program tonight, ladies and gentlemen, regarding Congressman Jeffries. We're not saying the system is foolproof. We're not saying the system is perfect. It isn't perfect. But this is one man attempting to make a difference. 
and he's doing everything. Cliff, you made the, the statement very clear. What else do you want this man to do? And what else can you do except stand in the halls of justice before your peers, before America, before every honorable person on the bench that that we have elected to a position and they are a chairman or co-chairman or, you know, even taking something to uh, to, the you know, to the heads of these committees or getting to the point where you represent it in front of the presidents of, of these United States and say, this is my stance. This is what I believe is justice. And what else can you ask for a person to do when they're elected when they're elected to represent the people in a just and uh, equal bipartisan fashion? And when they do that and you have a problem with that, then. I think the problem is you because there's nothing else that you can ask for. Well, he says here. Go ahead, Lisa. Go ahead. And I also I think it's very easy to criticize and say, well, what have you gotten accomplished? What have you done? When you're not in the position of trying to get things done, you're not in the position of making taking making the fights that these people are making. These people are fighting to try to make a difference. And it is a fight. And if you're not a part of that fight, then you really, in my personal opinion, there's not a whole lot you can say when people are making an effort. If, if, if he sat, sat around and didn't try to get anything passed, he just sat there in his office, collected a check and went home. OK, let's criticize that. But this man is actually trying to make a difference. And so who is who? Does, how does any of us have the right to say, well, uh, you haven't accomplished enough? Well, you're not you in that, and you're not in that chair. No, you're not in the office on Capitol Hill. You're not dealing with uh, the issues that these Congress folks face. They're not. They're one vote. That's right. Uh, there's several votes that it takes to pass law. And I, I go back to the thing Cliff uh, referenced, the Disaster Response Reform Act. Uh, and listen to the listen to the power and what takes place with this act that Congressman Jeffries uh, has sponsored here. Amends the Robert T. Stafford Disaster Relief and Emergency Assistance Act to require the president. I'm sorry. This is in regards to the president of the United States, who we voted into office, and providing repair or replacement assistance to owner-occupied private residences damaged by a major disaster declared after enactment of this act. Treat an owner-occupied housing unit of a housing cooperative in the same manner of an owner-occupied private residence. Provide financial assistance for such units on a unit-by-unit basis. It authorizes the president, there we go again, the president of the United States, to provide such assistance in connection with essential living items that are owned by the association for a housing cooperative and located in an owner-occupied housing unit of the cooperative, directs the president to provide such repair or replacement assistance in connection with damaged personal property that is located in the basement of an owner-occupied private residence in the same manner, in the same extent as personal property that is located in any other portion of the residence. What has what has Congressman Jeffries done? Well, I mean, it, it, it leaves you speechless. <laughs> well, and you know, Lamont, out there on uh, GovTrack.us, there is uh, something that they call the report card. And there's a report card on every member of Congress and every uh, member of the Senate. And for the delegation from the state of New York... Uh, Representative Hakeem Jeffries, he ties uh, for, let me see here, it says he, he ties for the number eight position when it comes to uh, a member of the House working or, or introducing legislation that has an equivalent 
uh, legislation in the Senate. And so they say, you know, very, very often uh, there's something that's being pushed in the the House. There's something exactly the same thing being pushed in the Senate. Well, out of the delegation from uh, from New York, uh, he he ranks uh, uh, right up in the top as far as those that has legislation that uh, is in that category. And incidentally, you know, we were talking about uh, uh, Representative Charles Rangel uh, earlier. Uh, Representative Rangel, uh, or I should say Representative Jeffries, is right neck and neck with Representative Rangel as far as having some legislation that's coming out of the House where there's the same type of initiative in the Senate. So, you know, he's he's doing some good stuff. No, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you go back, uh, he's really pushing for the middle classes. And the low-income folks of America, they make up a great deal of the United States of America. And I can tell you right now, if you think the middle class or the lower class folks don't matter, uh, you don't need to be in America because we all matter. It doesn't matter where you come from, whether you're from the projects, whether you're from the streets, this is America. And you matter. And uh, Congressman Jeffries has gained a high level of my respect tonight as and not only tonight, as I have seen him and I have heard him in hearings on Capitol Hill addressing issues that face this nation. Uh, and uh, my advice to those that call into this program, and I say this with the utmost respect, do your homework on the person you're calling to talk about, because I can guarantee you at AJC Radio, we will do ours. And... Uh, uh, we we have everything in front of us. Cliff, you had a comment on that. Well, you know, we would like to extend an invitation to anybody out there. If they say, hey, you know, I, I feel that my representative has done these things in my state or whatever, you know, send that in to us. Tell us that, hey, he's uh, he or she has made a difference in my life. What do you guys think about spotlighting them? And, uh, you know... You you look at uh, some of the candidates, you know, I, I went in, I just checked some of the candidates in Montana and I looked at uh, Ryan Zinke. He's a uh, he's a rep, uh, a congressman in in, Mont- in Montana. And I went out, they had a page on him for it says candidate spotlight for Ryan Zinke. I clicked on the link and uh, what it brought up was it looks like nothing was found at this location. Maybe try one of the links below or a search. So if that is what your representative has to offer, then, uh, you know, well, don't don't get mad at us when we've done the research and found someone worthy of being spotlighted. And and this is, you know, I'm not making this up. You know, you guys research team, please. I'll send the link. Please put it out there. Everyone can go check uh, Ryan Zinke's page, his spotlight page. Well, well, I'll tell you this, Cliff. And uh, again, please, ladies and gentlemen of America, as you listen to this show. Uh, please understand, all people are welcome uh, to call this program. All people have a voice. And, Joe, uh, we heard you tonight. We appreciate your call tonight. We appreciate your position because you're entitled to that. Absolutely. Uh, so at the end of the day, uh, let's make a difference. Let's work together and collectively come together that we might be able to uh, not tear down, to hopefully lift up those who have taken – uh, on the fight for justice 
and members of Congress, again, there's a reason millions go out and vote every year, every year, every four years, every two years. There's a reason they do that. And that is to implement change across the United States of America. And it takes a little politics to run this country. And that's not going to change, ladies and gentlemen. If you close Congress down today, uh, America's in a little bit of trouble because there are things that are being done that have to be maintained by Congress. Do we agree with everything that goes on? No, we don't. Do we agree with the some of the things that have not been fair? No, we don't. But one thing we do know is that America is a family. That's right. And we are Americans. And unless we come together to make a difference, that difference will not happen. And uh, like I said, Joe, John, Mary, whoever you are out there, that have a voice. Uh, we'll never shy from you and, and touch you out here on AJC Radio. You are all people are welcome. And, and Mon, you know, the statements you just made, that we're, we're a family as Americans. And any time in any family with siblings, there's, there's always uh, the big brother or big sister that everybody looks up to. Sure. And if we say that as Americans, that we found a big brother in uh, Hakeem Jeffries to look up to for justice, for social reform, for uh, education, for equality, then, hey, if we if we've shown this to you, you don't have to take our word for it. We say it all the time here on AJC Radio. You don't have to take our word for it. We'll we'll point you to the facts, to the same place where we found. It. Oh, absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, as the night closes in on us, uh, we are approaching the end of another another program and another spotlight of a champion on Capitol Hill by the name of Hakeem, Congressman Hakeem Jeffries, a man that is of passion and one that to be admired in the United States Congress, making a difference to the lives of Americans, not only in New York City, in Queens, and the areas that he represents, but I tell you what, he's had a profound impact uh, on us tonight at AJC Radio, and I tell you what, I'm excited about the future of America if somewhere along the way we stop by the office of a Congressman Jeffries who's making a difference. Ladies and gentlemen, wrap things up. Turn the sprinklers off. You've probably got enough water on your lawn tonight. And I'll tell you, you know, they tell you don't eat too late. Grab a piece of coffee cake, put it in the oven, get you a cup of tea or coffee. Soothe your evening. Because tonight on AGC Radio, we've brought some soothing to America through a man by the name of Congressman Jeffries. Let's get on board. Ladies and gentlemen, this is AGC Radio. We're coming back to close out as we bring in the message of justice all around the world. And we are still in search of Lady Justice. Hang on. We're coming back to say goodnight. Here are 50 white guys. Here are 50 black guys. Here's how many white guys can expect to go to prison in their lifetime. The chances amount to 1 out of 17. Now, here's how many black guys can expect the same thing. The chances are 1 out of 3. Why? Lots of reasons. It's complicated, but one thing is clear. There's a racial bias at every level of the criminal justice system. When blacks and whites commit the same kind of crimes, blacks are more likely to be arrested. Once arrested, they're more likely to be convicted. Once convicted, they're more likely to serve longer sentences. Look at the numbers in America's so-called war on drugs. About 14% of America's drug users are black, as are about a quarter of drug sellers. Yet blacks are 34% of people arrested for drug crimes. And those convicted of drug crimes? 46% are black. By the time we factor in sentencing, there are actually more black drug offenders than white ones in state prisons. 
and federal prisons. In the end, the incarceration rate for drug crimes is 10 times higher for blacks than it is for whites. These are the facts. Racial disparities in America's war on drugs are one big reason that one of three black men can expect to go to prison in their lifetime. For a kid whose mom or dad is in prison, life is tough. Now add a wrongful conviction to that, life just got a little bit tougher. Trying to explain to friends why mom or dad is not at the school play or at the ball game is something that no kid should ever be faced with. Especially if mom or dad is innocent. Ladies and gentlemen, get involved today to stop the epidemic of wrongful convictions by remembering a just cause with a monthly, annual, or one-time donation. You can help in the fight against wrongful convictions. Call a just cause today. 1-855-529-4252. We seek justice for the children. As they go to bed at night and mom's not there, dad's not in the other room to make them feel safe. Not because dad or mom did anything wrong, because justice could not be found. Join us for the children, for they truly are our future. Thank you, as, as one of the uh, three members of the hip-hop generation uh, on the stage, although my kids don't necessarily think so uh, right now, but it's an honor and a privilege uh, to be part of this wonderful group, the leadership of Nancy Pelosi and Jim Clyburn, and as uh, Representative Richmond indicated, to help relay to a different generation of Americans the importance of the struggles that have occurred in the past the progress that has been made, uh, as well as the need to continue to move forward to address some of the issues that are relevant related to the relationship between the police and the community, college affordability, access to a changing job market. These are things that we want to make clear to bring the American life uh, in a robust fashion, in a manner that allows them to pursue the American dream. Voting uh, is a key to translating their ideals, their values, their aspirations into public policy. And I look forward to being a uh, part of that moving forward. And the last thing I'll just add is that traditionally, subsequent to 1965, uh, voting rights, which is fundamental to the integrity of our democracy in America, has been relatively non-controversial in Washington, D.C. It was reauthorized on four different occasions with large bipartisan majorities and every single time in 1970, Richard Nixon, in 1976, uh, Gerald Ford in 1982, Ronald Reagan in 2006, President George W. Bush. Every single time the Voting Rights Act was reauthorized, large bipartisan majorities signed into law by a Republican president. There is no reason in this Congress we shouldn't be able to do the same. Well, there you have it. 
There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This is Lamont Banks with AJC Radio along with Sam Thurman, Lisa Stewart, and Cliff Stewart. And uh, as we wrap up an evening of the spotlight on Capitol Hill with Congressman Jeffries and then Sam uh, Cliff Lisa is speaking to, you know, there were some challenges to the voting right issues. Remember not too long ago, I believe even last summer, uh, about reenacting uh, the there were some issues or debate uh, in regards to the voting rights and, the, and those things. So uh, he is saying that there's no reason every year he, he named off the presidents that over the last years we have been able to uh, do something that should not be an issue in America, in this country. And Sam, as you hear the congressman talk tonight, it's been a night of, of, of Congressman Jeffries speaking his mind, his heart. And uh, I think uh, I think it makes a huge difference. Your thoughts on that, Sam? Well, you know, it's, it's obviously that he points to the uh, concerns of his constituency. That, that those concerns mirror the, the nation, uh, and whether you're talking about uh, the Voting Rights Act uh, or talking about uh, the support that is given to victims of, of heinous crimes or even the support of our law enforcement professionals, that uh, he is, and I think Cliff made the point earlier, that uh, he's not looking at it with tunnel vision, he's not looking at it with a particular eye, but uh, he's looking at it across the board. And as Lisa was saying earlier, that uh, you know it's not just one side of the equation. He's looking at the full picture, the uh, full picture, and taking into account uh, the impact across the board when you're talking about things as far as judicial judicial reform or uh, educational reform or things even pertaining to Superstorm uh, Sandy. So. You know, he, he's covering a lot of a lot of territory. Okay, and uh, there we go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, tonight has been Spotlight on Capitol Hill with Congressman Jeffries, uh, Hakeem Jeffries from New York. And uh, I'll tell you what, Congressman, if you're listening tonight, you've done America and you've done the nation proud, and we salute you for what you've done, and we'll continue to salute what you've done, you and your staff, as you guys work tirelessly to bring about change. Lisa. As we change gears, ladies and gentlemen, feel free to go out to AJCRadio.com tomorrow. You can find this archive of this show and tell your family and friends, call your folks all over the country and say you need to tune in to Spotlight on Capitol Hill as we shine the light every Thursday here on AJC Radio on con members of Congress and of the U.S. Senate, which are part of the Congress, of course, the senators and congressmen, representatives. We do that um, in order to make a difference. And... Uh, uh, we uh, we are honored to have honored such a man tonight in Congressman Jeffries. And now we go to the IRP-6. Uh, Lisa, the six men that are in federal custody tonight, wrongfully sitting under the umbrella of a miscarriage of justice. Yeah. And these are the folks that are responsible for the IRP-6. Six great men who sought to make a difference. Who are responsible, Lisa, for their wrongful conviction? We have a U.S. Attorney John Walsh. We have US, Assistant U.S. Attorney Matthew Kirsch, Assistant U.S. Attorney Sunita Hazra, Attorney Greg Goldberg, Judge Christine Arguello, Judge Jerome Holmes, Judge Bobby Baldock, Judge Harris Hart, Judge Jackson, Judge Schaefer, Darlene Martinez, Agent John Smith, Agent Robert Moen, former Agent John Epke, former agent Gary Hilberry, yes. attorney Thomas Goodread, attorney Clifford Barnard, attorney Thomas Richard, attorney Robert Berger, attorney Mitchell Baker, attorney Boston Stanton Jr., 
Attorney Rick Kornfeld, Attorney Mark Garagos, and Susan Holland. Okay, Lisa, thank you for that. And, uh, folks, these are those that are responsible for the conviction, wrongful conviction of the RP6 in some way, shape, form, or fashion where injustice took place. Uh, we are getting ready to thank you folks tonight for joining us and coming, allowing us into your homes tonight as you serve roast beef, uh, chicken and biscuits and whatever it was on the table. Uh, thank you for inviting us into your home tonight and making AJC Radio a part of that. Cliff? Yeah, we want to say thank you, everyone in the chat room, everyone who called in, and we encourage you, don't be afraid to call in with anything that you feel is controversial because we will not be afraid to discuss that with you. We want to say thank you to our production team, Captain Kyle and Dustin Jackson, K&D Productions. <laughs> they know how to help out Ill Skillers Girl in the control room, and they can train an intern. Don't you get it twisted? The honeycomb kids are coming up to speed so fast it'll make your head spin. We also got our production support team. They're bringing us the accurate and up-to-date information so we can pass that on to you, and we appreciate all of that. And to the truth, we know you're out there. We appreciate you. Okay, folks, and uh, Lisa, uh, we want to thank a couple of folks that are behind the scenes on this. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got Miss Lynette, we've got Miss Olivia, and Miss Barbara who are working at home. Well, I think I think Olivia's kind of putting her feet up tonight, but the rest of them are still working. We yeah. appreciate your, what you're doing. You're helping to make everything flow a little smoothly, a little more smoothly for us. Okay, folks, thanks a lot tonight. And uh, as we close out tonight, ladies and gentlemen of America, we search for justice on a day-to-day basis here at AJC Radio and a just cause, fighting for those that can't fight for themselves, seeking and bringing the message of justice all around the globe, and that means around the world. Folks, get tucked in, have a comfortable night, sleep well, wake up tomorrow with a new vigor in search for justice. This is Lamont Banks along with Sam Thurman, Lisa Stewart, and Cliff Stewart signing off for the AJC Radio team saying goodnight, America. And keep fighting for justice, as we as we will here at AJC Radio. Folks, have a good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Mr. Speaker, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once insightfully and eloquently observed that injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. In the wake of the current conflict between Israel and Hamas, there has been a disturbing outbreak of the cancer of anti-Semitism in many parts of the world. In France, there have been firebombs directed at synagogues, a radio station, and a library. Amongst other incidents that have taken place in a country which is home to the third largest Jewish community in the world. In Germany, there has been hate speech permeating rally after rally all throughout the country, including at one where the chant was Hamas, Hamas, Jews to the gas. This is disturbing language in any location, but it's particularly disturbing given the context of what we know occurred in Germany. In England, there has been an epidemic of violent crime directed at the Jewish community, an exponential increase rivaled in recent times only by a similar outbreak of hate crime that took place in 2009 
during the last conflict in that region. Now, in a civil society, reasonable people should be able to disagree without being disagreeable. But anti-Semitism is not a legitimate form of criticism. It is a cancer that needs to be stamped out.